Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves for the happily ever after? Does our love story really have to be one great lengthy novel? Or can we be happy with a book of short but exciting love stories? I guess we'll find out on Divorce Not Dead. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. are getting down to business today, people. No matter where you're at in your career journey, this conversation just has so much to it. You are bound to find at least one, hopefully multiple takeaways and insights that you can apply to your career and your life, right? Joining us is Topsy Vandenbosch. She's a mindset and emotional intelligence coach who helps business owners do the inner work. She likes to call it crushing the mindset spiral. She's got her own podcast, Crush the Mindset Spiral Pod. And she's also a licensed clinical social worker. So she's got an incredible background and she knows how to help people who are in funks get out of those funks so we can unlock our full potential. You're going to love this conversation. I was absolutely buzzing throughout the entire thing. Before we get started, hello, Hannah. Hi, Hannah, born in 1995. Thank you for leaving your five-star review, epitome of a real pod. Hannah said this podcast has been everything and more for forging ahead in her recovery journey. She wrote, Vic totally gets it, and I feel so validated in all my thoughts and feelings. I'm so thankful for the vulnerability and honesty of the show, and I couldn't be more obsessed each week. Hannah, thank you, babe. I so appreciate it. That brought the biggest smile to my face. So thanks for taking the time to leave a review. For anyone else, you can always head over to iTunes and write a review. I love reading your feedback. You just might be the special shout out on next week's episode. And you can also give a rating to this podcast wherever you listen. All of that really, really helps the show. And we so appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only Topsy Vandenbosch. Topsy, this could not come at a better time. I'm so pumped. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I've had a crazy few weeks of work and on Sunday, and I know you do a lot of mindset coaching for entrepreneurs. I do. And business. I do. Yeah. Um, and literally on Sunday, I was at the airport gearing mm-hmm. up for two different keynotes at two different schools, then going to Minneapolis to shoot content for a brand. And I'm in the airport just like crying. Oh my God. Because of anticipation yes. of can I do all the, like, it's more so the stress of 
I can't even compute that I've got to do all these things. But then when I'm doing it, they're not even that hard. No, it, it's all, it always is like that. Yeah. It's always like that. That's amazing that you had those keynotes. And Thanks. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, what and you've I, done is oh, just. I appreciate it. And I literally leave again tomorrow for another talk. This is perfect because you're an expert in this field. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to fall down the mindset spiral. <laughs> and so I think this will be yeah. great because we'll be able to talk about things that entrepreneurs and business people are dealing with. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, the mindset behind, you know, like being a business owner and being invited to speak places, places that you maybe never dreamed, right, that you would be invited to. I think that it can bring up a lot. Mm -hmm. It brings up a lot of feelings. (laughs) Totally. It brings up so many feelings. I struggle a lot with expectations. I think maybe as being someone online, you feel this as well. When someone works with you, they're like, I love all of your content. Are you as amazing as I think you are? Can we talk about the pressure? Yes. (laughs) The pressure, it can feel like you need to perform, Mm -hmm. you know, and even I feel that way. And I think it's normal for the most part when you go somewhere and you're doing something that you know is so cool, it can feel also like I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want for them to regret inviting me to speak. Yeah. Do these people actually know who they invited? <laughs> I mean, you'll never be perfect. All you can do is be be you. Exactly. And of course it went well. And that's yes. just my pre-anxiousness for anything. Anyways, I normally don't ask this question because yeah. it feels like super elementary, but you have such a wild background oh. and so much you've done. So in Thank your you. own words, like how would you kind of describe yeah. going from being a therapist to getting to where you are now? Yeah, I would say it has been a rocky road. I am not a person. By the way, do you allow cussing? Because yes. I definitely I allow cuss. people to be themselves. Oh my so. God. See, this is this is why I fucks with you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I left the corporate world is because there's this perception of who people want you to be and what they believe is professional and what they believe is acceptable. And I got to a point in my career, I'm a licensed clinical therapist. I still maintain my licensure. I'm licensed in the state of Michigan and I'm on my way to studying for the exam to be licensed in California because I got my degree for a reason and I like to maintain my credentials. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to go into entrepreneurship because I noticed in the corporate world, I just couldn't really be myself. And recently the Crown Act passed. So me being able to wear purple hair is my act of rebellion. Mm -hmm. I get my hair done in all types of colors. I'm very proud of my West African heritage. I'm Nigerian. Um, I was born in Nigeria, raised in the States. And my hair is beautiful. And I believe that black hair is magic. And for me, my hair and who I am and the way I carry myself started being cultivated when I was in my career because I noticed that everybody felt like they needed to conform to who their bosses wanted them to be and to show up in the way that everyone thinks that a therapist should show up. And there was just so much restriction. And even when it came to bureaucracy and like all the paperwork I had to do, and it was really hard for me to really just focus on serving because that's always been at the heart of what I do. I love people and I have a heart to serve. And so I felt in corporate, I wasn't living in my truth because I was living in the expectation of what other people thought and wanted me to be. And so after spending around seven years in the corporate world, I worked with every population underneath the sun. I worked with youth in the juvenile facilities, so youth in the juvenile justice system. I worked with the older adults. I worked with adult men in the prison. I worked with oh my gosh, like adult men in substance abuse treatment so they would get out of either prison, jail, or just off of the streets and to come and get clean. So I have just done so much work. I was an ER social worker Sounds like for a so while. much experience. You probably don't have lot. someone come in and give you their trauma story that you haven't really heard yeah, in there's, some way. There's a lot that I, I there's a lot that it would take a lot to surprise me because I, I believe that no one is perfect. And because of that, stories don't really shock me because I'm like, they're human. They're being human. That's their humanity showing through. And even when it doesn't necessarily reflect them in the best light, I'm still like, 
but they're human and this is what humans do. We can't expect perfection out of people. And so anyway, I decided that I wanted to go into business for myself and just be able to focus on serving my therapy clients. And so I joined a group therapy practice and they showed me the ropes. And then after a couple years, I got my own office and I started seeing my own clients out of there, finding and doing my own offline. I didn't do any online social media marketing for my therapy practice. I did it all offline. Good old going to hang up flyers and shit <laughs> at places. And word of mouth, which word I, of mouth. I think yes. the best therapist or psychologist yes. I work with, I'm always asking a friend for recommendation yes. because then there's like that level of trust. It's so hard to vet through people. Oh my God. It's so hard because you don't know when you see a commercial or when you see an ad you don't know that person. And so, yes, I agree. Word of mouth is so powerful. I started my own therapy practice. I remember they told me like it would take a long time in order for me to scale it to six figures plus, And that'll take you years and years. And I was like, do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to take me that fucking long. I don't have time for that. I'll go back to corporate because I don't like being broke. And yeah. so I put my pedal to the metal. I did the work. And within like eight months of me fully being on my own, when I left the group practice, I was able to scale my therapy practice really quickly. And then I hit a wall, burnout, and I didn't realize I hit burnout. And I started Googling, what are some other ways that I can use my degree? Right. <laughs> Where I'm still making a difference, but I cannot keep talking about trauma. We don't often think about the reality or the perspective from the therapist or the counselor no. that they're sitting in a room. I mean, that people always say, oh, do you want to do that? And I'm like, I don't want to sit in a room and have 10 different people come in and cry. Like, I would be crying too. <laughs> and, you know, and I was somebody that always prided myself on having incredible boundaries. I have incredible boundaries. I didn't really take anything home with me. I will say that. I did in the beginning days of my therapy, of my therapy background, but I mean, definitely um, towards the end of me closing my therapy practice, I think I had I did a really good job compartmentalizing. The problem was that the body keeps score. So I was doing all of the right things, right, to like, you know, practice self-care and like separate my emotions from my clients and all of that. But the body remembers. And so it became like I had this visceral reaction on the inside of, oh, man, like looking at my day, I knew that it was going to be some heavy shit. And after a while, I said, you know what? There is so much more that I get to use my education and my skill set on. I do not buy into the belief that because I have this degree and because I have this licensure, like that's it for me. I don't receive that. And I've always been a rebel. And so I started Googling. I started Googling coaching. I started Googling consulting. How the hell does one, it, I mean, it's hilarious now to think about it, my Google searches. Like I was like, how do you become a coach? Like literally that was what I was Googling. I mean, this throws me back to when I was depressed for the first time Googling <laughs> What is depression? Like yes. Googling the most beginner Gitter. things yes. Yes. to validate or give you some yes. guidance and direction. Right? Yes. And I believe that it's so helpful when we're able to do that because that's how we start to figure ourselves out. That's how we start that journey of getting to know, like, what is it that I need? A new sponsor of the podcast, but one I'm so excited about is Booty by Bray-Bans. You can never have too many good quality leggings. That's why I'm so excited about this company because not only do Booty by Bray-Bans look amazing on everyone and they are made for everybody, but Booty by Bray-Bans leggings do not move. And what I mean is like when you're working out, you're running throughout the day, they don't slip down and you don't have to stop and keep pulling them up. And like giving yourself a literal wedgie to try to keep your leggings on. I feel like that used to happen to me all the time in my workouts. But now I know whenever I wear my booty by Brabant's leggings, which by the way, the black ones are my favorite. They go with everything and they have them in the croco skin material. I have the black ones in croco skin obsessed. That material is must try. It's like the trendy material you've seen everywhere, but booty by Brabant's does it best. And the second you put on these uniquely textured, high-waisted leggings, you experience just a whole new level of comfort and confidence in your workouts or in your daily life. And the best part, they are durable and designed to last you a lifetime. It's the worst when you invest in clothing and then like it piles in the wash or it rips or it snags and you have to throw it away after a year. Nope, not with Booty by Bray Brands. These are designed to last you a lifetime. 
to make one purchase, one investment, and you're going to love, love, love your leggings. So head to bootybybrabants.com. That's bootybybants.com. It's linked in the show notes. Also follow at bootybybrabants on Instagram and shop online now for 15% off using our exclusive code REALPOD. So if you go to bootybybrabands.com and you use the code REALPOD, you will get 15% off your leggings. That is a steal. Definitely check it out. Trust me on this, bootybybrabands.com. Use code REALPOD for 15% off. The Easter Bunny is just days and a few hops, LOL, away from making an appearance. So give a grand reception this Easter, whether you're celebrating with family, a roommate, a friend, by yourself with a little help from Macy's. From pastel outfits to brunch-ready serveware, Macy's has you covered. And I mean, pastel is so cute, not only year-round, but especially on Easter. And Macy's has tons, whether it's a baby pink, a light blue, a soft teal, a muted green, a muted yellow. I mean, we love pastels. It's giving lover, right? Macy's has all the finds. And don't forget to stock up on the Easter baskets with everyone's favorite toys and candy. You can do that at Macy's.com as well. Macy's has so many little fun knickknacks and trinkets you can put in an Easter basket. So it's not just clothes. It's everything and more. It's gifts for your loved ones, gifts for yourself, accessories, and all of your favorite brands in one place. Not to mention, Macy's even has home decor, whether it's an Easter bunny-shaped wreath, the Martha Stewart Easter-themed silverware collection. I mean, I'm obsessed with all of it, and I'm still so into home decor. I've only been in this apartment with Max for just over a year now. And with every holiday, I mean, this is our first Easter in our apartment, so I can't wait to accessorize it with everything in theme, not to mention just the cute pastel little candies and chocolates that you can get at Macy's. So head over to Macy's.com, M-A-C-Y-S, Macy's.com, to shop everything you might need and more for this coming Easter celebration, not to mention any other thing you might be up to this spring. With a new season, brings new opportunity. Find anything you need at Macy's.com. So now you're coaching on mindset and kind of that framework to allow people to achieve success. Yeah. So how would you define our mindset? Oh my gosh. So your mindset is your beliefs and your thoughts about things that shape the way that you interact in you, the way that you show up in the world. So that's our mindset. Your mindset can be about anything. It can be about, you know, buying organic versus non-organic groceries, right? A lot of people feel very strongly about, you know, grass-fed, you know, animals. And I mean, I don't know all of the fucking terminology, so you guys will probably read me alive, (laughs) but all of the grass-fed, organic, all of that stuff, like a lot of people feel like that. That's the best way to, you know, nourish yourself. But other people believe that food is food is food. Food is nourishment, right? Especially if you come from a background of disordered eating and yes. all of that. Like it's very Which, for real pod listeners, probably probably most of us. Everyone pretty much here in this community yeah. is either struggle with body image or yes. maintaining healthy relationships. Oh with my food. gosh. Yes, absolutely. And I think it is important for us to really look at the way in which we see the world is shaped a lot of the time from our own personal experiences, you know? And so that's the mindset of anything. And with business ownership, it can get really difficult to not get lost in your own judgments of yourself and others Mm -hmm. and the way that you think things should go. And your inner dialogue is so freaking powerful. Yes. What you believe about yourself, I believe, has an impact on how you then show up in a moment or what you do. And when I was playing volleyball in college, so much judgment, so much, I'm not good enough, I'm not that. I had to listen to this motivational video and I wanted to kind of share some of these lines with you because I think you can like help kind of analyze them. But this video I would watch would say, this is verbatim. This is how often I listen to it. It was, if you were, God forbid, in an accident mm-hmm. and you woke up and you didn't have a memory and you didn't know who you were and they told you you used to be a Navy SEAL. Wow. Do you think you would act differently, hold your head differently, wow. conduct yourself differently and have a different mindset about who you are than as if you woke up and they said, you're a piano instructor. Wow. Which piano instructing is awesome. Yeah, but awesome. if you if you're told yeah. you're a Navy SEAL, yeah. you might think, oh, I am a badass. I I am strong. Right. I, you know, these things about yourself. And so 
for me, I tried to tap into like, I am good at this. Oh, yeah. I deserve to be here because yes. then you play with a like a little bit of an oomph or you walk you into do. a room feeling differently. And that's just your thoughts. Yes. First of all, you are a woman after my own heart. Everything you're saying, I'm like, see, this girl knows. She be, she be knowing. Victoria knows, y'all. She knows what the fuck is up. Yes. It, it starts with our mind and what we believe is possible. And it's interesting because I believe that with people of color in this country as well, it, a lot of it also has to do with a systemic issue, right, of people never being told what was possible for them and not being encouraged to, you know, shift outside of the box. For me, my um, privilege that I will admit to is that I grew up in a very, um, my family is very highly, you know, college educated. And so my dad, you know, graduated from Ivy League. Um with this PhD, my mom went to Western Michigan University and she's a clinical social worker as well. And so I was always, you know, it, it the the notion of you can be anything you want to be and we will support you. That has always been the foundation of why I am who I am and why I've been in the spaces and in places that a lot of my colleagues that I went to, you know, university with or that I went to my that I was in my master's degree program, for some of them, this is so hard for them to imagine that I have made, you know, you know, being a mindset coach and, you know, digital content creator and podcast host and all of these things that I've been able to do it. But it's honestly because I was willing to fail. That's really what it is. I was I don't have anything to lose. And I relate to that as well, coming from a family who mm. was extremely supportive. And mm -hmm. I think there's something about knowing you can try and take yes. a leap and there will be love on the other side yeah. of that. And there are people who are raised in environments or believe mm -hmm. I have to do something because this is the only way that yeah my parents will be proud yes. or my siblings will be proud or the person who put me through school when they were working three jobs would be proud of me yes. like to, to use a, a degree differently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's heartbreaking to think about situations where your heart wants what it wants, yeah. but what's holding you from that is like the judgment from society Oof. or like as you were referencing the box you might have yes. been put in by society. Yeah, I firmly believe for all of you people, everyone that's listening, you can be whoever the fuck you want to be. You can use your skill set. You can use your expertise. You can use your knowledge to honestly make you make you a fuck ton of money and make a huge impact on the world. You can do that. But you are the one. You're the blueprint. Your life has been the blueprint. And for me, my life was the blueprint that led me to becoming a mindset coach and emotional intelligence practitioner. That is the blueprint was me coming from a family that values people and loves people. My mom, you know, is she's a social worker. And throughout my whole career, I, the backbone of what I do is to help people. And so, of course, of course, I ended up in this place. So hitting on that point. Yeah. There are a lot of people who will get fired up when they hear that. Yeah, I'm destined for more. I yes. want to have an impact. I, yep. I have it in me. But what is it? <laughs> what am I doing? What's my plan? Yeah. So what do you say mm. when you come across those people who are like, I know I have this purpose, but I don't know what it is? This is a really interesting question because if you only think about yourself as the example, the answer is always going to come out very not relatable, right? Because I have known for a long time that I was going to be a big fucking deal. <laughs> I mean, not I didn't care about the outside world. I knew to myself I was going to be a big deal. So what I would say to that, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know what I enjoy, start with what you like. Mm -hmm. Start with what you love. Like you like being around people. Yes. You like being outside. Yes. Let's do small, small likes. Yes, small things, especially if you're a go-getter type of person. You just want to have it all figured out now. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I would have never figured out that I liked coaching unless I would have done it. Like coaching and therapy completely, and yes, therapy uses the underlying skill set of coaching, but it's just a different modality. There's different goals um, for both. And so if I would have never taken the leap and said, I want to coach high performing business owners, if I wouldn't have just did that, I would have never known how good I was at it. And some people do have done what I have done and they decided I don't like coaching. So a lot of the time, you guys, you have to start with something small. 
Stop trying to go full on balls to the wall. Like be Oprah tomorrow. Yeah. Like (laughs) everything starts somewhere. I wasn't always in, you know, a studio in L.A. Like what? Like this was not. I started off in my city making an impact there. My first ever experience coaching when I became a coach was I hosted a workshop. This is so it's so cringy to think about, but I know they're probably they're probably listening. <laughs> the people that attended. Hi, y'all. And it was helping therapists learn how to build their own private practice, their own insurance based private practice. And I had like eight people, I believe, in the room. I gave them everything I knew about and what I had done specifically. And I think I charged only it was like three, four hour workshop. And I think I might have charged like 250 per person. And I was so happy. I was so happy. Hey, that still sounds like, <laughs> that a, still deal. Sounds like a good deal, right? <laughs> so you have to just start. And start with the little things. And eventually those little things start to build. And ask questions. Ask lots of questions. Put yourself in rooms with people who are doing something different than you. I completely agree with that last point as well because people want to help. Yes. When someone comes up to me, like I was at an arena watching the basketball game this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Girl comes up, asks for a photo, and then says, I'm trying to get into social media. I mean, I wanted to stay there for 20 minutes to say, do this. It's quantity, not quality. Just get stuff out. Like, I think asking people, and that was a huge reason I think I've been able to get where I am is obviously I went to a school that USC is known for the the Trojan family. And it's very real. And that is like something that I was able to, can I get this person's email? Can I ask this person? Like I was very blessed to have those connections based on the school that I was at on a small scale, like someone in your community who you just, you like, you like what they're about. Maybe they serve ice cream down the road at the shop and you don't want to serve ice cream, but you like this person be around their energy. I'm telling you. That's half the battle. I believe this is something, too, that I think a lot of people can relate to. It used to be so intimidating. I was intimidated, by the way. That's a better way to say it. I don't believe anyone's intimidating. I'm intimidated. So I like to own my own feelings. I think that's really important. But there was a point in time where I was nervous to be in rooms like this because why? I didn't think I belonged. I want to talk about this. So you don't think someone is intimidating. You take responsibility to say, I am intimidated. Yes. Yes. And I know, and I'm not saying that there aren't people who purposely <laughs> try to intimidate. But to be intimidating, that makes sense. There's there's someone on the other side of that that has to be intimidated. Otherwise, you're not intimidating. There we go. When I shifted that, when I started to look at it as that's not a them issue. That's a me issue. So much in life is a me issue. And no one wants to hear that shit because mm-hmm. it doesn't sound pretty. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound nice. And honestly, it can make us feel like shit. But I choose to look at it with joy. Like now I get to fix this. I can't control them. I don't give a shit how the fuck they're showing up to this conversation, but I know how I'm showing up. Right. You know, it's so powerful. I've been, I've been trying to be more mindful of that recently. Like I am responsible for my reactions. Yes. And if I'm going to get pissed off by this sassy email or this annoying text, like I choose how I can respond. And actually something that's been helping me a, mm-hmm. a lot, the fact that your first thought and your first instinct is ego. Oh, big time. That is the the voice that's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they texted me that or, oh, my yes. God, this person, that's your ego. Your first, your first gut response, that's not you. That's the voice in your head that you hear. Take a deep breath and then think how you want to proceed. Oh, my God. That is so true. It is. And like, I think it's really normal for us to think, why would they respond this way? Don't they know who I and I think that's what can cause for us to be intimidating to people. I will say that because we are thinking about ourselves and we're not thinking about the perception. We're not thinking about how we're being perceived. And so I think it's really, I mean, I hate to say the word humble because I think that that's a word used by the patriarchy to make women small. But (laughs) I do think it's important for us to remember that we're all human. Yeah. And we're all on the same team. Yeah. Wait, expand on this humble. I haven't heard this. Oh, oh, this is good. So you know how this is like such a random tangent, but you know how growing up, I believe a lot of women or people who identify as women, I don't want to speak for anybody, so I'll speak for myself. Growing up, even in like school, in elementary school, right? Like it's not cute to boast about what you do and your accomplishments, you know, like you're supposed to be reserved and and polite. Yes. 
and not say like, I, you know, I'm, I'm making bank and I'm making a difference. People still cringe. I see them. They're like, you're talking about money, right? So the whole perception of being humble to me is bullshit because we're in corporate America, are white men humble? They can't be humble if they want to move to the next level. And so why is that any different for women? Right. How are we supposed to get that promotion mm -hmm. if we don't feel comfortable talking about our accomplishments? We should be held to the same standard. And unfortunately, a lot of us have grown up in a society that wants us to not share our joys and not share the things that we're most proud of that we're accomplishing. It's like Simone Biles putting a goat outline on her leotard and people yes. thinking that's cocky. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The cockiness. But also being like, she is the greatest of all time. Period. Like, it's facts. Facts. <laughs> and, and, and anyone who feels like, in general, I'll just say this, if you have an issue with that, then I would invite you to look at the areas in your life where you are rejecting yourself and where you aren't acknowledging your own power. I love this phrase, invite yourself to examine <laughs> how you're, how you, what, what's up with you? Yes. And I was doing this in the car today because I have this relationship in my life where I always am overthinking mm -hmm. it and there's oh, yeah. something off and I don't know what it is. Mm. And, and I keep my gut instinct, right? The, the ego or not my gut instinct, yes. but my initial voice is like, it's this person's problem for the way that they do this, the way that they do that. Ooh, this and is good. Yeah. in the car today, I was like, Victoria, and I had to talk out. I was like, let's talk this out. Yes. Really what's happening here? Because I think a lot of it is me feeling some type of way and it has nothing to do with this person. Uh-huh. And what does it have to do with? Yeah, exactly. And I don't I don't even know. I, yeah. I, 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 that's as far as I went. I talked no, a yeah. lot for two seconds. Yeah. But I, um, I really believe that when we take control, mm -hmm. things align and they, the doors open for us. And there's something I learned at USC called like an internal versus an external locus of control. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're, yes. So I'll let you define this. You're the expert. Can yeah. you give us external yeah. versus internal locus yeah. of control? I mean, <laughs> my degree was in social work, <laughs> but I will say internal locus of control, like what are the things that you yourself can change? And then external is what is it that is outside of your control that is just happening? Right. And if you view things the external way, like they're happening to me, yes. you don't feel as in control. They're, and actually yes. give the internal locus of control where I in every situation have some sort yes. of control. And look, there might be people thinking, oh, but when I show up to work or mm -hmm. to my sport, I don't have control over where I'm placed or what my promotion right. is or what these things. No. But if you walk in focusing on all the things you don't have control over, yeah, that's going to be a shitty situation. Yes. If you walk in thinking, I have control over my attitude, how yes. much my effort, the work I put in, the way that I talk to people, yes. X, Y, Z, you will feel like you have more pep in your step. The, oh, big time. I mean, I believe that even when it comes to, you know, being invited to speak and being nervous, right? And like wondering, am I going to disappoint them? Are they going to be happy <laughs> with their investment in right. having me come speak? But your only job is to be yourself. Yes. Oh my God. I love you. And I love that you just said that because yes. I was just thinking it and that's what gets me through is I'm like, yes. all I can do is be myself. And for anyone who's not a public speaker, right? Anywhere you are in your life, all you have to do is be yourself. And that is something you can do. Mm -hmm. There's like, and and being yourself might be, yeah, I'm quote unquote failing in this yes. moment. I don't like the feelings yes, I'm feeling in this right. moment, but that is you. That's and you. I, I just think there's so much freedom on the other side of vulnerability. Oh, big time. And that's why I love pushing this idea of just being real and being yourself. Yes. And that can be anything because one, we can all do it. And two, and I wanted to bring this up as well to hear your perspective. Yeah. I am someone like you. I want to take over everything. Oh, for sure. Empire. That's yes. me. However, I also want to bring light to the fact that there are people out there who all they want to do is yeah. be a, an amazing dog walker. Yes. And they don't want to take over the world and, and start okay. a, a six-figure dog walking business. Right. And that's great. Yes. All that matters is that you're identifying like yeah. how you're going to feel, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess how do you think, what would you add to the yeah. different types of people and the different goals? Yeah. So I would say your goals are always enough. And it's really easy, especially if you surround yourself with people who are like me, who are high achievers. I am. I'm a high achiever. But I also realize when I need to slow my ass down <laughs> and when I need to just enjoy the moment and whatever it is that you want to do, it matters 
don't let anybody, family, and I would say even when you become an adult that's able to make your own decisions, don't make them for your parents. Don't make them for anybody else but you. And it's not because you don't respect your parents. It's because you respect them too much to allow yourself to become anything less than what the hell they wanted you to be, even if they don't understand that in the moment. I'm so glad you used the word selfish because it is such a fine line of like, I know. there's these people that love me and they've done these things for me, whether it's an older yes. sibling, a grandma, whoever has raised you, right? And you don't want to let them down. You're letting yourself down first. And that that honestly is the culture of people pleasing that a lot of us fall into. I do. I'm, I'm just like anybody else. It's really easy to fall into doing things for other people because you fear what will happen if they see that I am not who they thought that I was? What would it look like if I abandon everything I know? And will I disappoint them? Can I be loved for who I am? Can I be loved I for who I am? I think about people who don't feel comfortable with their sexuality. Yes. Which is painful. Pain. It just breaks I my heart. Or imagine. people who are not comfortable with the gender they were assigned exactly. at birth. I just want every human to literally be themselves. Yes. I don't care. And I will respect that for you. And yes. it hurts my heart to think people day and day. I mean, when you hear about someone who's 50, who finally like yes. does X, Y, Z to be who they've always wanted to be, that hurts. I'm like, I know. You should have been doing that from the start. I know. Like, fuck what everyone has, has yes. to say. Something else. And you'll um, find your people. You'll find your people. You belong in the room. That's one of the biggest things that I like to share with my clients that I like to tell my audience is that whatever room that you believe that you're meant to, that you want to be in, you belong there. Period. Point blank. I don't give a shit if it's at the Oscars. I don't care whether it's at the Grammys. I don't care whether it's um, being I used to want to be a TV show host. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that'll happen one day. But I mean, I'm on a different trajectory now. But no matter what it is, you belong in the room. A lot of the time we disqualify ourselves from rooms before we allow anyone else to. Ooh, disqualify ourselves. Yes. Please elaborate. Yeah. Disqualifying yourself can look like, well, I'm not going to pitch myself for that opportunity because what's the point? Or they had, you know, this particular celebrity or, you know, insert whatever public figure there and there's no way that I can measure up. Or what's the point of me aspiring to be in whatever position um, of power and influence when I've never had that example in my family? A lot of the time, we don't realize that we disqualify ourselves constantly from opportunities that are for us because we don't believe that we belong in the room. Yeah, if you're going to say, why me? Say, why not you? Why not you? Today's episode is sponsored by my favorite athletic greens. Y'all know I drink my AG1 like it's nobody's business every single morning. Now, what is AG1? It is all the important nutrients that your body needs in just one easy scoop mixed with water and then drink every single morning. That's how I do it. I wake up. Athletic greens is the first thing I do. You open your canister. You do one scoop of the greens powder. And in this powder, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and a adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, all the things. And then you just mix it with water and you drink it. Max chugs the entire thing. And then you can go about your day knowing you've given your body all the important necessary nutrients. That's why I love it. I love the fact that I can check this mental box and this box for my body that I've given it these amazing nutrients and now I can just intuitively eat and listen to my cravings and not feel so obsessed with like, you know, the nitty gritty of what I'm eating all day. So I love Athletic Greens because it is an addition to my eating routine. And if you use the link athleticgreens.com slash realpod, once again, head to visit athleticgreens.com slash realpod online you will get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. I love the travel packs. I bring them everywhere with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash realpod. Again, athleticgreens.com slash realpod to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. With your first purchase, you'll get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Athleticgreens.com slash realpod. A lot of the time we reject ourselves before we allow anyone else to reject us. And that's where the real mindset works. Why do we do that? I think it's fear. I think a lot of it is fear, fear that you're going to fuck it up, mm -hmm. fear that it's you're going to, you know, create irreparable damage. Or if you're going to fail, you want to do it to yourself. 
there we go. And you don't want anyone else watching. Mm -hmm. I think that there's so many reasons. And also, I think it's fear that allowing somebody else to reject you means something about you. So a lot of the time, we will just not put ourselves in that position to be rejected. I've been rejected from lots of opportunities and things that I wanted and thank God for it. But a lot of people never get to that point because they're so afraid that if I get rejected, will I be able to come back from that? And you always will. Always. None of that is permanent. No one can reject you. Maybe you're not the right fit for that particular opportunity, but they are not rejecting you, the human. And like Chris Jenner says, if someone says no, you ask the wrong person. Oh, my God. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I love, I love your laugh. It's I love so Chris. contagious. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> These compliments. I'm getting, I'm like getting hyped up. You know, conversations like this, they make you want to achieve. They make you want to do everything. They do. They, they do. So what can you say about like slowing down? Oh, And I was man. just having this conversation with my fiance, Max, last yes. night. It's like, so first we're talking and he's he's explaining how he's trying to build his TikTok. And he's also a real estate broker. And he's I a love college this. football analyst. He's doing everything. And he's just like, I'm so stressed. I'm this and that. And then we get to the end of the conversation. And this is his his tie up. Okay, well, I'm going to dial down tomorrow. I'll get everything done. I'm going to organize my time. I'm like, wait, so you're just going to like double down? Like your, your problem is that you're feeling stressed and your solution is I'm going to go 10 times harder on myself so I can get all of it done? It's like, it's that, first of all, that's hilarious. <laughs> Second of all, I relate so much because you instantly feel like the solution is to just go through it. Right. And to just do the damn thing. I would say a lot of the time it's because we're afraid of what will happen if we slow down. Right. What will we lose? Right. So just in general, whenever I talk to even my clients about what does it look like to slow down? A lot of the time in entrepreneurship, we confuse contentment with complacency. Just because mm. you're content doesn't mean you're complacent. Complacent meaning that you are just a bump on the log. Right. You know, I, I feel that it's like if I'm not thinking of my next thing, my next content idea, my next this, when really it's tough because at least for entrepreneurs, right. what is the end? There is no end. It's always grow. It's always more. Right. It's always grow. So you get to define that for yourself because you were not born to work and die. So whether it is, <laughs> isn't that shit deep? Yeah. Like I remember Wait. in corporate, I know. I know. No, it's deep. And I want to hear what you're about to say, but it makes me think of when I was a junior in college, like just I'll swear, butt fuck depressed, like in my bed. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. And I'm like, wait, you know, it's like when you have an existential crisis and you become yes. aware of like your body. I'm like, wait, so I was born to go into the system to make money to die. <laughs> Isn't that so dark? Yeah, it is dark. <laughs> it's capitalism. I mean, it's just the world we live in. So because our world is wired that way, because we live in a capitalistic society, I believe that we need to do our best to just like live and work in the confines of that. And that means that you are not born to just work and work and work and create this prison for yourself and then die. Like, what else do you want? You can live a fulfilled, you are worthy even if you're not creating anything. It's just so hard. Because it's then, so hard. But then, you, but then you also think about the conversation around privilege, like being able to even have an idea of what you want to do for your life and I then know. pursue that is privilege. Oh, absolutely. Because there's people who don't even have time to get to have the luxury I know. to think about that. I agree. And so I think that's also a way to look at it too yeah. is like, if you do have that opportunity, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Because someone would kill Absolutely. for the opportunity to ponder taking a different path. Yes. And yeah, there'll be people in your life that might disapprove. But like, yes. I always do this thing. This is super weird where I like to think about like whenever something in my life isn't. I love that you're already giggling. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm going to say. I love this thing I do where I will tell myself, oh, there was another reality where I got to choose A or B and I chose B. So like if I sprained my ankle and that sucks, I'm like, okay, well maybe in another parallel universe, I got to choose. Would you rather sprain your ankle and like be out for the season or your dog dies? Oh, oh I would have chose gosh. the ankle. And it always makes I me love that. feel better. Honestly, that's not weird at all. Well, and so my point being like, 
you have this opportunity to possibly yes. pursue something you love. And yeah, three or four people are going to be upset with you for however long to have her yes. severity. But like, you'd rather do that than, yes. than the person who doesn't even have the opportunity to do that. I know. I agree. And I also believe too, so speaking of people who are multi-passionate and who find it difficult to slow down, I think also looking at what do you want your life to be a series of jumping because I have a habit of jumping on to the next thing really mm -hmm. quick. I'll accomplish something really amazing, really cool. And then it'll just I'll just move on to the next thing. And people are like, what the hell, Tops? Like this was a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like we got to keep it moving. <laughs> I ain't got time to sit in this. But I think this is the permission slip you need that if you're not well, you can't pursue all 75 things that you want to pursue. You can't do that to excellence. You absolutely can't. There's no way. And there's always going to be more. There's always going to be another always, thing. Always, always. I literally just had to send a really long email to my managers mm. that like, I'm just not going to accept a lot of brand deals upcoming because wow. it's my wedding season. Yeah. I feel like I haven't even, I mean, I'm like sweating from my my work day today. I had to fit in shopping for a veil with my mom oh this my morning God. to then, and then tomorrow I'm on a plane. And I'm like, this, this is, is a lot. This isn't enjoyable. And I do have the luxury. I'm self-employed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm my boss that I can curate this differently. And it's so tough to say no. It is so hard. It's hard for so many reasons, right? And there can be that guilt of, well, I'm lucky to even have this. I believe that your situation is valid. You don't have to also compare your situation to someone else in order to give yourself the permission to do what you know is best for you and your health. Mm -hmm. Because you only get one body. Right. You only get one life. So that's all you can do is to say, make your yeses super sacred. And that's yes. what you're doing. You're making your yeses very sacred. There I is a that. there's a there is a point in our careers, right, as business owners where putting the pedal to the metal and accepting the brand deals and doing the thing, like that is gonna be the priority. You wanna build that trust, that loyalty, all of that stuff with your audience, with the business opportunities, but then you're going to have seasons like this where you get to slow it down because why? You've busted your ass. And I have this urge to just like, this is so weird. I have this urge to just like go camping or like hiking in like in a forest with Max and like not be on my phone and not do anything. And I'm going to Coachella in like, a week or two. Oh my gosh. Is that going to be so exciting? Well, I honestly am struggling with how do I want to mm. approach it? Do I want to approach it being the person that everyone online can follow my stories and I'm giving a cool behind the scenes of everything happening at Coachella? Or do I want to say, F it, I've never been to this festival. I don't want to be on my phone for three days and enjoy it. It sounds like you already know what you want to do. No, well, I think I know what I want to do, <laughs> but I don't know mm -hmm. if I'll allow myself to do that. Mm. I love. First of all, can I just say, I just love this honesty. Mm -hmm. I go through the same thing mm -hmm. when it comes to like how much of your life to document. And something that I find that helps me is do I feel like it? I just went on a yes. um, getaway with my husband. We went to an, an adults only resort in Palm Springs vibes, just straight up vibes. Adults only. Let me say that again. <laughs> and so I thought about I don't want to be on my phone constantly. But you know what did feel nice? taking a boomerang of me shimmying in the mirror every morning. Right. They didn't see like they only saw literally maybe three minutes of my day each day. And that was enough. And typically, maybe before it would have been tons and tons of stories. No, I wanted to be present. And so I decided I'm not doing shit because I feel like I have to. My life doesn't belong to people. Mm -hmm. So true. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so true. You already know. But it's like, tough when you like, I've monetized my life. Oh, I so, totally understand. So, but but just because, here's the other thing, right? This is the mindset shit. <laughs> just because we monetize, right, our lives in some way doesn't mean your body and your own life doesn't belong to people. You get to choose what you're monetizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's another shift and another way to, to look at it. I do think that's the hard part. Yeah. And look, throughout this whole conversation, whether it was in the beginning talking yeah. about being intimidated by yes. someone, how you want to walk into a room, what you believe about yourself yes. or what our goals are going to be or what yes. the people think of us or now how we're talking about like this reflection, asking yourself, do you feel like it? I feel like a lot of the quote unquote answer is to take a beat mm -hmm. in silence with yourself and have a conversation. Yes. And we don't do that. It's let me call a friend and ask for advice. Oh, let me time. see what they're going to think. Yes. It's like, what if you block out everyone and you sit down and say, like, what's going to bring me joy here? Yes. 
what's going to bring me joy? I think that a, a lot of the time we're scared, right, to get quiet. What happens when you get quiet and you don't have the feedback of anybody? You don't have anyone telling you what to do. You don't have anyone saying like, Victoria, you need to record your whole time at Coachella. What would happen if you just allowed yourself the gift of silence and of just choosing to do nothing in the moment, choosing to not make a decision? Mm-hmm. How powerful would that be? What would that change, right, about our lives? And I think sometimes, especially if you're a business owner, but even regardless, it's hard for us to give ourselves that space to just be and to not have to make any decisions in the moment. So leaving our audience with this, how would you instruct them to have that conversation? Mm. Let's say our challenge to them is right now, Mm -hmm. this is ending. Pretend it kept going for 10 more minutes. Mm. It's not. So when this ends, you give yourself your 10 minutes. What are they doing? I would say, number one, check in. I like to tell my clients and my audience to do an internal emotional scan where you kind of look at what is it that I'm feeling in this moment? What am I feeling? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling happy? Am I feeling disappointed? And am I actually happy? And if I'm not happy, and if you're not happy, what is it that you want to do instead? What would that look like? If you had no barriers, if you had no issues getting to whatever it is that you wanted, what is it that you would want to do? And then what are the small steps that you can take to get to that place? A lot of the time we want to go balls to the wall and just do the thing, whether it's your fiance just saying like, hey, I'm going to go super hard (laughs) tomorrow. I love it. Or whether it's I need to take a break. You deserve to give yourself that space of rest and of reflection and be honest. A lot of the time, we're so busy trying to please everyone else that we don't even know what we want anymore. Our needs. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Because that matters above anything else. Period. What is it that you want? Period. Sign, seal, deliver. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.